Welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where personal finance is about the person, not the numbers. And budget isn't a four-letter word anymore. Here is your co-host, financial coach Jacqueline Wise. Hello there, everyone. My name is Coach Jacqueline. I'm a financial coach with Fiscal Fitness, and welcome back to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast. So excited that you are here with us today, and I cannot wait to dive into today's topic. And even though I am now a financial coach at Fiscal Fitness, I want you to know that I was not always good with my money. I'm still not perfect with my money, and I think that's important for you to know Coach Kelsa and Coach Jill both shared their top five money mistakes in the past. That's episodes 65 and 66 of the podcast. So if you are a listener and you've heard those episodes, you might remember some of their mistakes. Some of mine certainly overlap. But um, they shared in their episodes that they really don't regret making these financial mistakes, even though there was a dollar amount cost to them. Because one, it enabled them to learn from their mistakes and hopefully prevent making those mistakes in the future. And also, they were able to learn some things from it, grow as a person, but even more than that, it helped them to become better financial coaches, to be able to relate to our clients, understand what it's like to have to clean up a mess in our own lives personally. And so in this episode, I am going to share with you my top five money mistakes. So um, the most important thing I really want you to know is that money mistakes in your past do not have to mean financial failure in your future. I feel like I constantly hear, you're fine now because you didn't make this mistake that I made Um, and you know you don't understand what it's like because I had this walking into the situation but I want you to know that just because you have money mistakes in your past some of them very costly ones um, that we've still moved forward from ours and it's totally possible for you too and something I want you to know right now is that we still make plenty of money mistakes ourselves and we're constantly learning from them and I can think just last summer of a $600 money mistake we made and it didn't land in my top five of all time, but um, it was a big mistake that we made and we certainly learned from it and hopefully we'll not make that mistake in the future. So I'm gonna throw a fun little spin on this episode and title each of my five mistakes like Friends episodes. So my husband, John, and I are really big fans of the TV show Friends. And if you've ever watched, you probably know that their episodes are titled things like this. The one with a chicken a duck, or the one with Unagi, or the one with the prom video. And so I thought it would be fun to title my five mistakes like that and also at the same time break my own personal rule and pet peeve about talking about yourself in the third person. So bear with me on that and we are going to dive right in. Mistake number one is the one where Jacqueline blew her grad party money. And I was really fortunate when I graduated from high school to have some really, really generous friends and family members who contributed contributed to my college grad or my high school graduation fund and give me some money to start off college and that was the first time I had ever received an amount of money like that all at one time and I really didn't know what to do with it and 
Very fortunately for me, my parents were helping me with a lot of my college expenses. Their agreement was they would pay for any of my college expenses outside of what my scholarships would cover. And so I know that I did not use that money for college, but I also know that I was like almost all the way through that money within a year of being in school. And so I really just don't even know where those thousands of dollars went. And when I think of what compound interest would have done to those dollars if I had invested them, and Coach Jill talked about how she made this same mistake, when I plugged in a very low estimate for, I think, what I received from graduating, and just took some like average interest rates over the past 15 years and looked at what that would be now, that amount of money would have tripled by now. And when I think about how much of a mistake that currently is for me, sometimes it makes me kind of want to mentally kick myself. And really, it was me just not being careful with my money. I had been told that, you know, put this in your bank account and don't spend it. That's what my parents said. Save it for an emergency. Save it for, you know, if you need a fifth year of college. Save it for living expenses. You know, whenever you move out someday, save that money. And I blew through that money very, very quickly. So that just really goes to show you that a lot of times we have the head knowledge of what to do and we're told what to do, but our behaviors don't support that. And that's a big part of what we do here at Fiscal Fitness. We do teach head knowledge in terms of your financial financial, you know, understanding, but we also really focus on that behavioral side and helping you develop the habits you'll need to succeed and to achieve your financial goals. And so that is mistake number one, the one where I blew my grad party money. Mistake number two is the one where Jacqueline misused her student loans. So like I mentioned before, my parents were very generous and that they agreed to pay for my college expenses outside of what my scholarships would not cover. And that was very, very generous of them. But there was one contingency with that promise, and that was that I would make a wise financial decision by attending a local state college and commuting there rather than living on campus. So we had two colleges that are in the area, and the one I chose was the closer one. It was only 20 miles-ish away, uh, like a 30-minute drive tops, very commutable. Not sure if that's a word. If it isn't, I just made it up. Uh, Very easy to get to, very doable in terms of a drive, but... The day before my freshman year started, something happened. I attended a banquet for some other scholarship winners, and at that banquet, they had a sweepstakes for free room and board. And I was the person who won that sweepstakes. So the day before college, I was so excited. I can still remember that feeling. Two of my best friends were sitting by me when that happened. We were all going to the same school together. They were living on campus. I wasn't living on campus. So I was really excited to get to be with them. And that was like an awesome experience. But then my freshman year ended and my sophomore year began. And in my sophomore year, I would have to pay for room and board if I wanted to continue. So, you know, my parents paid for my tuition and my books and those kinds of expenses, but I was the person who was going to be responsible for paying my own room and board. So if there was any of that grad 
party money left. At that point, I spent the rest of it on room and board. And then I took out student loans and I took them out to live on campus, which was not something I really needed. I loved living on campus. I don't regret that decision because I feel like I got involved with a lot of things that I maybe wouldn't have even heard of had I been commuting and, you know, just showing up in the morning and then leaving in the afternoon. Um, however, I wish I would have realized what that financial decision would mean upon my graduation when now I would have all of these loans out in my name that I would have to repay. And I was still repaying on my student loans, you know, several years after I graduated. Uh, and that was just from room and board. It was not for me to actually get my degree or anything like that. And then, listen you guys, I made that mistake again after I started my teaching career. So in case you didn't know this, I am a former teacher, a math teacher, and I, after I started my career, decided I wanted to go back and take some of the higher level math classes and I really don't know why I took those classes. They didn't help me to become a better teacher. They weren't classes I could take and earn extra money off of them because they were supporting me in my role as a teacher. It was really just about learning new levels of math. And I really think I was doing it sadly to impress the boyfriend I had at the time or other people I knew at the time because I was I wanted to take these tough classes and do a good job in them and I racked up more student loans just from that experience and still when I think about it I roll my eyes at like silly Jacqueline and the, the things I did um, but those student loans, they were private student loans. So even kind of worse off than the federal student loans I originally had because they had higher interest rates. And on top of that, those interest rates were, you know, accruing interest the whole time while I was taking those classes. So mistake number two that I made is I misused my student loans. Mistake number three, and this is a big one, the one where Jacqueline struggled in silence for six years years. So I was really fortunate after I graduated college and I began my teaching career that I got a job right out of college. That first summer I was hired and I was really excited to start my career as a teacher. I was also really excited to finally be making a full-time salary. I had worked part-time all through high school and college and I was excited now to have this full-time salary. I thought that as soon as I started making that money, automatically money would be easier for me. But that was not at all my experience. And I remember going through six years of teaching prior to us getting married where I felt like I could never get ahead. Even though I was getting these cost of living increases every year, I never felt like I was making that much more financial progress. I know for sure that lifestyle creep happened during that time, but I also know I just really did not ask for help or try to improve my relationship with money in uh, an intentional way. And I remember I would have these expenses that would come up for me where I would go out shopping and I would maybe buy something that I didn't need every month. So outside of a normal monthly expense. And then I might stop and pick up some groceries and you know go through the drive-through, order off of the dollar menu, things like that. I felt like I was always you know being very thrifty in the amount of money I was spending. But I would be sitting in that drive-through line and I would be analyzing all of the purchases I had just made and trying to figure out which of my bills were going to be auto-drafted between then and payday. And I was constantly worrying about like, will I make it to payday? 
constantly, constantly worrying about that. And I struggled and I didn't tell my parents and I didn't, you know, ask for help. I might ask my dad to teach me how to balance the checkbook, but I didn't tell him how tight my finances really were. And then on top of that, when I didn't enjoy balancing my checkbook and I didn't like doing all of that manually, I really felt like I was going to just fail at money because I felt like this is too hard for me. I hate this. I don't want to sit down and do this this way. And I really just struggled through all of it. And I wish I would have known then how much help I could have gotten had I just reached out to somebody else and said, maybe there's a different way. Um, and I'm so grateful I made that mistake though uh, because when I finally did reach out and get help and I realized help was out there and it was so doable, that realization that I had, that transformation I experienced from being so much less stressed, so much more present with, with what's going on for us financially, so much more engaged in our financial goals and the progress we want to make. Um, when I realized all of those things and, and felt that transformation happen, that was really one of the big catalysts in me becoming a financial coach and being able to help so many other people become more engaged in their finances as well. So I don't regret that mistake. I you know, wish I would have asked for help sooner. I think we would have you know, been much more aware of our spending and been able to make a lot more financial progress during that time. But I'm glad that I experienced the hard side of all of that so that I could know what the good side is you know, even that much better. So mistake number three is the one where I struggled in silence for six years. Mistake number four is the one where Jacqueline and John bought too much house. And you might have seen my recent post on social media where I said I have a love-hate relationship with my house. And I listed all of these reasons why we love our home. One is that we live in this great neighborhood. It's very safe, very family-friendly. We have friends in the neighborhood. My parents live just a couple streets away. Um, we also have this big backyard where we can entertain our friends and family. We love having cookouts and parties and just having people over. And um, just being hospitable is really important to us. It's one of our top values. And... So we love our home for all of those reasons. But our home was also not the best financial move that we made. So one reason why is because we made the decision feeling really pressured. And we were feeling pressure that maybe wasn't as serious as we took it. So when we lived in our condo development, we had this really crazy, is a nice way of putting it, neighbor who hated my dog. And my dog is my entire world, if you know me. So... um. It was like devastating to us to have this neighbor who was threatening and being aggressive to our dog and we really didn't know what to do with it. So that made us feel like we just got to get out of here. But that did not necessarily mean we needed to buy the house that we bought. We could have bought something smaller. We could have rented a different place, something like that. And we ended up buying way more house than we needed. So one mistake we made is we thought like we might as well just buy something that's big enough now and then we won't have to move. Um, meanwhile, we ended up buying a house with several bedrooms, four bedrooms, and we still don't have kids five years later. It's just taken us a little bit longer to have kids than we originally planned. 
And so I am proud of some things with this financial decision. Um, one thing I'm proud of is that I actually, this is right when we started getting more engaged with our finances, but I actually um, started a pretty accurate budget to predict what our expenses would be like. And I'm proud that I looked at all of that. But I followed that 25% rule. And you might have heard Coach Kelsa in previous podcasts call this the rule of dumb, um, where 25% of your income, that should be like the max you spend on your home. And she she breaks down why that's not necessarily true, why some people can go above 25%, why some people should be significantly below that. We were maxing out with our mortgage right at that 25% mark. And so what that meant, meant for us, because we had our mortgage then at that point, plus several student loans, both mine and my husband's, car payments and other debts that we had accrued, because of all of that, our mortgage ate up a ton of our discretionary income. And so because we made that decision, even though we enjoy our home, it really slowed down the financial progress we were able to make at first because every single one of our dollars had somewhere to go. And Kelsa talked about you know a mistake of buying her home in um, episode 66, but she said it best in that episode when she was talking about a different mistake. And she said, our financial position wasn't bad but it didn't give us options and that's exactly what position we had put ourselves in because of our house um, and we're still feeling the effects of that you know every month when we pay our mortgage we're paying for these empty bedrooms and so because of that that is a mistake that we feel has hindered our financial progress we still love our home but mistake number four is the one where we bought too much house Okay, and our last mistake, mistake number five, the one where Jacqueline overspent for the wrong reasons. So thank goodness for my husband who helps me to rein in some of this. Um, if you are familiar with the podcast, you might know that it used to be called the Saver and the Spender podcast. My husband and I are both spenders, which means we have a little bit more to work with in terms of dialing in our budget and making sure that we're not overspending but the reason I would consider this to be a big mistake is number one I don't know the dollar amount of the mistake I I would guess that it is several thousand dollars that I have spent for the wrong reasons um, but number two because I was making them for the wrong reasons it wasn't motivated out of a desire of living you know within alignment to my values or what I stand for um, or even things that are necessarily that important to me so um, the more money I made, honestly, the more money I spent. And like I said before, we call that lifestyle creep. Um, I never felt like I was making any extra money. And when I would get those new paychecks, a lot of times I would go out and spend it. Sometimes I would overspend. I would, you know, check my bank balance. And when I would see I had a little bit more money, I would, you know, go splurge on something because I felt like I deserved it. Uh, like for example, I can think of a couple times where like the first sign of my computer slowing down, I would just go buy a new one and I would justify getting the fastest and the best and most expensive, therefore, computer out there because I wanted it to last a really long time, which just because it's the fastest computer out there doesn't mean it's going to last forever. 
Uh, I didn't want it to be something that, you know, slowed down again in two years. And in reality, a lot of times that just happens with computers. And so that was something I would overspend on. Uh, Other times it was to keep up with other people. And you guys, honestly, sometimes I can still do this. And it's not something I'm proud of, but when we're in this social media age and we see other people doing things that we want to do and that leads us to overspend, you know, that can be a a danger zone. And that happens for us sometimes. You know, we really love to travel, especially me. And, um, you know, I would see people going on vacation and that would give me that bug to go and just go somewhere and like, what's in the bank account? Okay, let's go, let's go on a trip. And that's not always the best decision to make with your money. And so I definitely know that I overspent for the wrong reasons. I know sometimes I still do this. I'm definitely a work in progress. It's something I'm working through and, you know, continuing to check myself when I'm about to make a spending decision. Am I making this because this is something that really aligns with my values or am I making this decision because I want someone to see I'm making that decision? Um, So mistake number five is the one where I overspent for the wrong reasons. So I'm going to recap the five mistakes for you. Mistake number one was when I blew my graduation party money when I could have invested it or saved it for actual expenses I truly needed. Mistake number two, I misused my student loans by spending them again on things that I didn't really need and I feel like I didn't even think twice about doing that and you know accrued tons of student loan debt as a result. Mistake number three, I struggled in silence for six years without asking for help. Mistake number four, we bought too much house, way too big of a house for what we needed, for what we still need, and it caused us to feel strapped um, way more than we wanted to feel for a few years. And mistake number five, I overspent for the wrong reasons. So as we bring this episode to a close, I would love to know, have you made any of these mistakes or what other ones have you made? And even more importantly, I would love to know, like, what are some of the takeaways you gained as a result? of making those mistakes and how have you moved forward differently in the future or how do you plan to move forward in the future? You know, I hope that even though I made these mistakes that you can maybe learn something from them and it would be even more amazing if you could prevent yourself or, you know, if you've already been through college, prevent your kids from making them in the future. Maybe even use this time to reflect on mistakes you've made in your own life to gain those insights and continue to grow moving forward. So I would love to hear any feedback that you have, any mistakes that you would love to share. And until next time, I'm Coach Jacqueline, and this is the Fiscal Fitness Podcast. If you would like more information about how we can help you take the stress out of money with one-on-one financial coaching, please check out our website, www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. And please join our private Facebook group by going to facebook.com groups slash fiscal fitness money. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. We'll see you on the next episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.